0: What's up everybody and welcome back to the Hook One Pod. We're here at Hook One Bait and Tackle in Marine City, Michigan. As always, I'm Pete and I'm Louie. And we're going to sound a little different today cuz we're both sick.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's been rough. The allergy allergy season's been coming in full force on us unfortunately. So we're all nasally. Um so this one is going to be a little bit quicker, but I think it's definitely one that's pretty important. We've got a lot of questions on it coming through the bait shop. Um And that's kind of how we've been judging what we're going to do our podcast topics on, to be honest with you. A lot of it's been some of the most popular questions or concerns that have come through the bait shop from anglers that have been doing this for a while and anglers that are just starting to pick up. So this one, we're going to talk about functions of the, in quotes, I'm going to put fish finder. I I don't really like calling it that, but I think that's probably the most universal known name
1: for it. Yeah, I mean... I think 99% of people call it a fish finder. Yeah.
0: I mean, a fish finder, a depth finder, a, a graph, a GPS. I mean, whatever you call it. They're all same the
1: same thing.
0: thing. Yeah. And we're going to talk, we're going to, we're going to touch a little bit on all of them. Just be, And we say all of them because they're all pretty similar in the sense of what we're going to talk about today. We've had electronics um, episodes in the past, but we're going to talk mainly about what you're going to use um, each function in your graph for. So whether it's the GPS or it's the map, um, or it's the 2D sonar or it's the down scan or it's the side scan. We'll talk a little bit about when you want to use those, why you want to use them, um, and and kind of just basically touch on why you spent so much money <laughs> for a screen at the front front of your boat or where, wherever it may be.
1: Yeah, they're pretty damn expensive now.
0: It's unbelievable how like they're like oh new deal and i'm like deal two years ago that that wasn't even the price for brand new yet alone deal
1: i know like i walked walking west marine yesterday and i think they had a seven inch on sale for like 750 dollars
0: yeah on sale on sale so it it's definitely been it's been interesting to see where it goes i mean the technology that's going into them has been pretty crazy um they're they're they are getting better and better every year and uh, what's nice about this topic is it doesn't matter whether we're talking about Lawrence or Garmin or Hummingbird. Um, I guess if you've got Simrad out there or really any of them, you know, a majority ha- of them all have the same functions that we use. So you're going to have uh GPS, which will get you from point A to point B. Um, it'll let you mark your waypoints. So it'll do stuff like that. And then you've also got your chart, which looks like the GPS, but it's got all the depths of the water. And like, if you've got, um, A chip or anything like that that you put into it like a lake master um it gives you more upgraded charts and that's why they call it charts instead of graphs or gps right and then you've got 2d sonar so that's your that's probably your most common is um just that screen that if you've got little fish coming across that screen you need to go into the settings and turn fish id off (laughs) yeah i can't stand when i see them things and it'll like mark a fuzzy in the water and thinks it's a fish like two feet below the surface. Um,
1: yeah, you never know. Wait, I was with salmon swim under your boat. You never know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I would, I would highly suggest turning the fish ID off, but 2d is kind of like your, your standard. That's what you see everybody trolling with where you're looking for those big marks, those big checks swimming in the water. Um, And then you've got your down imaging, which down imaging gives you a much better idea of what you're looking at down there. So like if you just see like a hump and you're like, what is that? You know, you can click your down imaging. You might see it might be a tree branch. Um, It might be a culvert, might be a pipe sticking out of the ground. It might be um, it might be a buoy line. Like it it could be a lot of things. Your down imaging is what's going to give you a lot better picture of what's on the bottom,
1: um, but not
0: necessarily for finding
1: fish. Would you agree? um yeah it's mostly for like yeah like looking for trees or culverts or logs that are stick like trying to figure out what you're getting snagged on every drift or what those fish are sitting on like you know every time we get over here
0: you know we're catching fish and and then we get up or below it you know i don't know what it is when you go back over it. put your down imaging on oh you know they're sitting on whatever this object is but it gives you it gives you a lot more. Um a lot more insight to actually what you're fishing down there and the sonar itself is a little bit better. So it'll give you all the edges of it as opposed to like the 2d that'll kind of just mush it all into one picture.
1: Yeah. It's not necessarily for like marking fish or looking for fish. It's more like structure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And not that you can't mark fish, but they don't look, they don't look like fish. They just
1: look like little like lines down there. Lines and dots. You wouldn't really know it was a fish if you, If you weren't paying attention.
0: Right. And so then, um, similar to what you've got with your down scan, you've got side scan or side imaging or whatever. Um, it's called side sonar. Um, but essentially what that does is it beams out 80 to, well, I use it mainly 80 to a hundred feet. You could bring it way down or bring it way up. Um, depending if you're looking at something specifically, but it's essentially it beams out, you know, wherever you want it to. And that'll mark, a lot of what's on the bottom. So you can mark a lot of fish on side scan, whether they're sitting on the bottom um, or if they're elevated. So what side scan does, the best thing to think about it is um, like the sonar is a beam of light. And so if you're getting something that's got a long dark spot after it or like a a long, essentially it's a black spot on the graph, uh, that means that the object that you're beaming is tall. You can think of that as a shadow. So that might be like a really big snag. Or you can see like bigger fish that are sitting down there. You'll see a mark. It'll like ping the fish. The fish look like little grains of rice on the side scan for the most part.
1: Yeah, it looks like a little grain of rice with a little shadow behind it.
0: I should say when we're like walleye and bass fishing, musky fishing yeah. and sturgeon fishing, they'll look a little bit different. Um, but for the most part, when we're doing like uh even like the school's a perch. It's like a bunch of little rice specks, sand like little it's like sand in the sand, if that makes sense.
1: That smallmouth kind of look like a rock. It looks like a big oval,
0: yeah. And you can tell because if there's a if there's a big shadow behind it, you know, if you're looking at side scan and there's a big shadow behind it, well, that might be a rock or rock pile or something that's sitting up a little bit taller. It could be a smallmouth off the bottom, um. But if you see like a little blip and you're like, you know, that might be a fish, and there's a little shadow behind it, odds are it's probably a fish sitting sideways or whatever it might be. And side scan has really come a long way. You can you can mark a lot. I mean, you can mark the difference between a seawall, um, and in like the actual ground, right? Like if there's a sandy bottom, you can mark the difference between a sandy bottom and a rocky bottom. Um, You can mark weeds on side sand. So getting to learn side scan uh, is, is pretty helpful if you, if you've got that option on your graph.
1: Yeah, it definitely helps you cover a lot more water and eliminate a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. And you can, again, you can dial in a little bit more on like what, you know, what am I, you can drive over it with your 2d down imaging and then you can also sit on it with your side imaging and kind of figure out what this thing is and uh why it's why it's producing so many fish which at the end of the day that's what we're all trying to figure out
1: yeah i use it a lot for uh for walleye like if uh i if i'm catching on one drift and they they move over like one side or another i'll just go right down my old line and be like oh they moved 20 feet to the right or Fifty feet to the left, and I just gotta move over fifty feet next drift,
0: yeah, it's really nice to use it like that, and then, like you said, it's really new- nice to break down water, so if you've got tournaments coming up or like for us, we got guide trips coming up, and someday we don't have time to power fish everywhere we want. You can kind of scroll through there on your side scan, um see if you're marking fish on one side or the other now, we probably should talk a little bit about how much different it is using a graph out in the lake than it is out in the river, or at least touch on it because it seems like in the river. Uh, it can be a lot more difficult because those fish sit a lot tighter to bottom. It can be hard to distinguish them between, you know, fish and rocks. Um, it can be hard to really hard to 2d scan them. Like you'll go out in Lake Erie and you'll mark marks from the bottom. You know, we were in 45 foot and we're marking them at 25 foot. Yeah. So you're marking them all over the water column in the river. It seems like a lot of the times those walleye are really hung up on the bottom and smallmouth. mouth. Yeah. Um, but what that can help you is if you're, you know, especially early in the year like this, you know, we're in March right now, early in the year, if you, if you're good at your 2D and you see marks coming in that are off the bottom that you're confident are fish, those are probably salmon. Yeah. So reel up, you know, a couple feet and try and whack them. That's what we've noticed on panoptics a lot, but there's a, there is quite a big difference um, in using your graph, like your side scan and your 2D out on the lake than it is in the river.
1: Yeah. It's a huge difference actually.
0: And you can, you can really dial this stuff in by messing with the settings. We're not going to touch a lot on that today because it can be different um, for a different variety of reasons. But make sure you mess around with your settings. Mess with your gain a little bit. Mess with your sensitivity. Um, mess with your chart speeds. Right? If you're if you're just trying to break down water and look for fish, then you might want to put your chart speed up a little bit if you're moving faster. If you're sitting still or you're moving really slow, you can turn your chart speed down. Um, I highly recommend when you go out there on the water, like whether it's before you fish or after you fish, I guess it depends when you launch. Um, but spend some time messing with your graph because, uh, we talked about it with Shuler over here. It's, it's really hard to fish and mess with your graph at the same time because you're so concentrated on catching fish. Yeah. So take some time, uh, before you even drop a line in the water or don't even bring a rod. Like that's what I had to do with my, um, my Garmin unit is I didn't even bring a rod because I got sick of trying to fish and learn how to use it. So I learned how to use it. Then I brought a rod and I would go to a place where I knew I wasn't going to catch any fish and I'd mess around casting. Um, so I could check out the pan optics and stuff there. And then you could finally put it to work and kind of fine tune it while
1: it's working, you know? Yeah. Even if I'm, uh, like just going out by myself, I'll bring like one rod maybe. And I'll go like, w- like, better understand my graphs if that makes sense like i'll go dial in my electronics if i'm fishing the lake for the next month i go out to the lake and then put all my settings up get all my settings good for the lake and then i'm done for the next month once the river slows down because it's a
0: lot different when especially like the the you know we head to the lake and we're doing something really similar for a little while and it's not often that we're sitting in 35 40 45 foot of water out there yeah because you can't find it really
1: <laughs> yeah and water clarity makes a big difference too with your graphs yeah like if, with your sensitivity and like if it's mud it won't pick up uh like it won't be well if it's as accurate yeah
0: if it's muddy and you don't turn your sensitivity what would it be down necessarily or what if, if you're reading it too sensitive it's gonna mark the sediment in the mud like you're gonna yeah. you're gonna really get some weird stuff yeah it's um, gonna mark
1: a lot of. Uh, what do they call it like the fuzzies in between yeah and then you're gonna think it's like structure. interference basically
0: yeah. or you might think it's you know sometimes it'll come through looking like bait and it's just really a really dirty patch of water yeah uh and then same goes the other way if it's really clean and you got your sensitivity set like it's mud you're not going to mark anything even if there is a walleye down there yeah
1: you're just not going to see anything
0: so you definitely like I said, just, just mess around with it. It's really hard to kind of touch on all that stuff because everything that we do is a little different, uh, whether we're jigging or, you know, pulling crawler harnesses is a different story when like, I don't really use our sonar two in the same, um, when I'm like, when I'm jigging, a lot of the times I'm on the pan optics or I'm on the 2d trying to see what's directly under us when I'm, um, scooting by and pulling harnesses. Sometimes I'll be doing some 2d, uh, but a lot of the times I like to side scan just to see what the heck's going on outside of us. That's yeah. just me. Yeah. When we're trolling, I do 2D. Like, out on the lake, trolling, I like to see kind of what's below us, but I also have two graphs at my helm, which I mean, you start wondering why guys have four, five, six graphs on their boat. It's just so they can see everything that's going on. They can see their GPS. They can see their lines and where they're fishing. Um, they're seeing down under the boat. They're seeing outside of the boat. They're they're kind of doing a lot of things, and that's that's the benefits of having multiple graphs. I hear a lot of guys, you know, you don't need it. Well, it's true. You don't need it, but
1: it sure helps.
0: Yeah, you can do a lot of cool things. Like, especially, you know, in the river, you're pulling bottom bouncers or doing whatever. It's really easy to find out where the drop-off is on w- the one that's reading your GPS or your charts. So you're reading your water depth or your contour line. And then you just, your other one you can have on whatever, like I said, 2D side scan, whatever it needs to be.
1: Yeah, it definitely helps having, like, more than one in the back. You get you just see everything dial it in a little bit better yeah
0: yeah and that's i mean that's just us having a spending problem we just have to oh, i need one more oh i need one more it's like ah, when's it gonna stop probably I never know,
1: probably never um, never have enough though
0: but what else do you think is a big difference between going from the lake to the river and then you know from the river back into the lake
1: um i mean lake st clair specifically uh like the drop-offs like, you never really have to worry about a drop-off in Lake St. Clair unless you're fishing the shipping channel. So, uh, like, you're never worrying about, like, the shadow of a straight drop and mm-hmm. then what's behind it and having to go upriver to get the good mark on it. Yeah,
0: exactly. And a lot of it, and a lot of Lake St. Clair is sand and, and then weeds. And, like, um fishing with Joe, you know, we kind of learned that those those transition fish will sit in like on, you know, in between deep weeds and short weeds or whatever the situation is. So, so being able to kind of figure out what you're looking at and, um, basically like, is that weeds? Is that rocks? Are these fish? Like I still do it all the time. I second guess myself. Cause I'm, I am the first person to admit I'm not, um, the best at actually reading my graph. I, I understand the concept. I understand all the knowledge of it, but I just, I have a hard time trusting myself.
1: Yeah, I think that's a big problem with a lot of people. I had that problem, but I spent a lot of time just graphing, yeah, and learning it. So I kind of it took me a long time to figure it out. But and it takes a lot of discipline to do it. Like it is
0: so boring. I'm not taking any rods. We're gonna go out and graph
1: today. That's you know? what I. Did. And we would
0: go out. We would just graph the Bell River. Yeah. We just put it on side scan and head up. We got a the the small tributary here that dumps into the big lake. We would just take that out and and you know, oh here's a log. Oh, here's a tire, you know, just all sorts of crazy stuff we'd see down there.
1: Yeah. It's uh It takes a little bit of getting used to, but once you figure it out, you're like, this makes a lot of sense.
0: And when you're when you're doing the side scan, you're like, are these fish or not? Well, sometimes that's when the rod gets brought out. Yeah. You know, well, I gotta test it. Throw some casts at them, figure it out. And but there's I mean, the only way to figure it out, like we talked to anything, you're only going to be as good as the time you put into it. Yep. So, you know, go out there and, and, and learn it. If you really get good with your graphs and your charts and stuff, you know, especially like your GPS, that really helps when you go to launch the boat on a foggy morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you have confidence in running your boat and watching the graphs and, and understanding where shallow water is and where deep water is and where points are and where there might be rocks and, and all that kind of stuff. That makes it a lot easier if the conditions aren't good. If it's pouring super hard, or if it's super foggy, or if it get you know if you get stuck out fishing later and it gets really dark, um, that gives you a lot more confidence being out on the water when you when you can understand that thing that you just paid seven hundred to two thousand dollars for, depending what you got.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it makes uh, it really helps. <laughs> you hanging in there, dude?
0: I'm hanging in there. You got that uh, nighttime talk show radio voice going on that smooth. I know. I can't get rid of it. (laughs) That's what, well, you just got back from Simcoe, so that's what happens when it's negative whatever. And then, I mean, over here, you know, the last two, three weeks, we've been anywhere from 50 degrees down into the 20s. So it's definitely been messing with our allergies, and it's been messing with the fishing.
1: Yeah, my throat's fucked up. But. Fishing's been pretty damn good. It's
0: been, it's been hit and miss. Um, and that's actually something that I'm glad we brought up because it's easy to figure that out on your graph. Yeah. Um, you know, we were using panoptics, but you can see it on your 2D. Once you get confident with your 2D and you know, like a lot of times in the rivers, we fish the same spots. Like we have a lot of spots that we like to go to, and we know those spots. I know if this is sand. I know if this is rock. I know if this is mud, blah, blah, blah. So there's a the one spot in Port on that we like to go that we know it's sand. I know what the bottom is going to look like. I know what it's going to look like on 2D. And I know if I see anything on 2D, I need to decipher if it's going to be a rock or a fish. And a majority of the time, it's going to be a fish because it's a sandy area. And like, dude, we were the other day, totally should have been here yesterday type vibe. We get out there. It's a north wind instead of a south wind. Water's 31 degrees instead of 34, 35 degrees. And how many fish did we see just laying on the bottom? Like bellies on the bottom. Consistent marks. It was driving me up a wall.
1: Yeah, the ones we did catch had mud just plastered all over their stomach, just sitting on bottom.
0: They just, uh, and what happens is when they get cold, they get sluggish and they're just sitting down there waiting for an easy meal. We saw a lot of fish come up and actually go back, which was good to see, um getting hooked in the gut or hooked in the butthole or however they come up sideways. It's not worth keeping those fish because odds are the DNR is up on the hill watching you and yep. you're going to catch them in the mouth so you know what i mean it, it was good to see him throw them back otherwise they probably would have been waiting for him at the launch yeah um but you just when you when you see that happening when you see a lot of fish getting snagged and brought up um sideways or or you see a lot of fish getting caught maybe in the bottom of the chin or um it's it's really like a slow day but you're looking at your graph and you're like you know these might be fish that you know our case was we just hit a nasty cold front and it happened to us twice. Yeah, and we've had some ba- we had some great days in that same spot, walleye, cohos, whitefish, like multi-species trips. But when that water dipped, those fish got lazy, and you can see that happening on your graph. Once you can see that happening, then you can start to change up your cadence.
1: Yeah, it's we- all
0: it's all trying to put it together.
1: Yeah, even like reading your graphs for water temperature—that's a big part of it.
0: That's a huge, just being able to read it for water temperature and, um, miles per hour and like heading and stuff, like just reading the, the actual information that the graph gives you is huge. Yeah.
1: Uh, but like once you get like a big North wind, you'll like, if, and you were out the day before a couple of days before and the water temp goes from like 36 or 37 down to 32 or 33 again. And you can't figure out why the fishing sucks that's probably a good good portion of it
0: yeah that's a great point because how many times have we been out there you know us included we we bring a friend in from out of town or we get a buddy that doesn't fish much it's like do we just smoked him the other day like get yep. out here let's go and you get out there same spot same drift same colors dude yep. nothing even nothing. like
1: summertime it's
0: yeah like if you
1: get a huge warm front and you can't figure out why the fishing sucks in the middle of the day, well, chances are the water temp just went up six degrees in like yeah. three days. They don't want to eat anything.
0: Fish are very, well, for the most part, fish are very, very sensitive um to their water temperatures and what they're doing. And like, you know, we have people right now talking to us, you know, oh, it's going to be an early spring. We're going to have, you know, there hasn't been any ice. It's going to be, but no. No. Not until that water starts. That water that is sitting between 31 and 34 like it has been. And I haven't been out the last two days, but it's been a good north blow. So I'm willing to bet it's sitting right around 31. Sun's been out, but it, I'm, I'm willing to bet. And it's got some color, so it might heat up. Um, but I'm willing to bet it's still sitting out there at 31 to 34. And then fish aren't dumb. And I think that's kind of a problem that we've ran into the last two years is like when we get the moon phases and it's time for those fish to spawn, We get crushed by a cold front, and it really messes up the fishing.
1: In February last year, yeah, last year, I think it was the last day of February, the water temp was 34 to 36 compared to it being 31, and it's like the first week into March now. Mm -hmm. The water temp is way colder than it has been the past couple of years for the time of year
0: yeah and so like i said i i just don't know if that early spring i i i got a hard time believing it unless we start seeing like i said unless we start seeing it really heat up quick which it's getting dirty
1: yeah we've had a lot of dirty water this year dirty water is gonna
0: heat up yeah it's gonna heat up quicker so that um <laughs> that might bid well for us but like it, it's not too far around but being able just to understand you know, what you're looking at on your 2D, that's going to go a long way in starting to put the puzzle together. Because we talk about it all the time. Every single day you launch, doesn't matter if it's the exact same conditions as the day before. You know, you might find them in that same hole. You might find them on the same colors. But every day is going to be a new puzzle that you kind of got to piece together. And you got to try and use every every inch of of advantage that you have.
1: Yeah. If you can get any advantage over the fish, do it. And if you can, if you can really learn how to read your
0: GPSs and, and read, you know, your charts, especially, um, your charts, especially because if you can start to read, if you, if you fish a, a popular area that's, that's been charted and marked, um, you're going to be able to really notice, you know, hills or humps or points or holes. Like, um, for a lot of guys out here, we fish a lot of deeper holes. So that's what we're looking for. Um. If you can find that stuff and feel confident finding that stuff and then not only find them that we talk about all the time, but then you can start dialing them in, whether it's using your 2D or your down imaging or your side imaging. Okay. There's fish over here. You know, there should be, there should be fish over here. Let me check it out, you know? And then at the end of the day, it's now find out how to catch them. Find out if your water temperature moved a little bit, find out, you know, if your visibility moved, if the water's dirty or cleaner, um, all that little bit of stuff that, all all those little details come together to to paint a really big picture.
1: Yeah, graphs make a huge difference like if uh if you're fishing like a shallow little flat in the morning before the sun comes up and then you can't figure out where the fish go like when the sun comes up and it starts heating up a little bit chances are there's a hole not too far away that they're just sliding off that flat into a deep hole.
0: Yeah, I mean you <laughs> you and Joe give me shit all the time for it. Like you guys know I'm I've always hung my crown on being like, Oh, I'm not a, I'm not a big electronics guy. You don't need electronics for the river. You just go to the red buoy or the blue house or the green dock or whatever it is. And, and find that. And I'll tell you what, I spent a lot of time in the last two, two and a half years, figuring out my, figuring out my electronics, figuring out, you know, how to better fish waypoints and stuff like that. Because,
1: All 13 waypoints on your graph. Hey,
0: I went from 13 to like 60 plus just last year. So that's pretty good. God, I wish I had 60. Well, it's going to go way up now because, dude, like I said, it was way easier for me. Like I was just very visual. So I would know, like, I'm going to start this drift and I know it sounds crazy, but it's for me, it's easier to remember. I'm going to start this drift at the blue roof and 30 foot of water. And I'm gonna catch a fish by the first culvert, I'm gonna catch a fish by the second cut, and I'm gonna catch a fish by the dock with the big with the big sign. And just stupid shit like that. Where if I just if you mark that stuff on your graph, you know, we did a couple trips last year where just for fun, we marked every fish we caught trolling crawler harnesses. Every fish we caught, we marked. And that by the end of the week, remember because you and I we were going back and forth on the boat, yeah. by the end of the week, it had like a line of where you'd see them in that line followed, you know, said contour line or whatever yeah. there was, because it was right out fishing. Um Did you do that? I it had to have been you right out by the Edison fishing, basically from the Edison downtown, just, but whatever. I mean, when you mark each of those fish, it, it tells you the story. Hey, we caught him yeah. here, 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 here. All of a sudden we went along this big, you know, there's no drop off. There's no difference in the bottom. And you don't find any fish, and all of a sudden, boom! The rocks start up again. There's fish again. Yeah, it's gonna help you be a lot more efficient.
1: I think I got close to 700 waypoints on my graph. And every winter, I go through and delete the ones that don't mean shit anymore. But I can promise you, purge. Yeah, I can promise you. At some point in the year, one of those, at least, like all the waypoints are gonna have fish on them at some point in the year. Yeah, and if I go back and it sucks, like three years in a row and don't catch a fish on it, gets deleted.
0: It is crazy how some spots go yearly like that, or like there's just like a, there's like one killer bite you get on, yeah. and you're like this is the spot. You go back over
1: and over again, and there's you don't have any luck, and it's like there's no rhyme or reason. I put the dates on my uh, waypoints too, so if you're like fishing in the lake and you're trying to find a spot with uh for like walleye and you're like i wonder what time of the year this was then you're not like guessing you're like oh i caught these fish on march 30th last year yeah
0: and i will say that's the really nice thing that some graphs have that others don't is you can kind of like choose what your icon looks like or put a label underneath it or or whatnot like personally for me when i hit waypoint it's just like a number and i'll look at that thing like the next year and be like what what the hell is this like where where why yeah and you go back out like a lot of spots a lot of the spots that we mark i just by looking at them on the chart it's like all right i know where i'm going but dude there's some that i'll just i must just mark like while we're fishing having a good day and i'll go look at them like the next year or whatever and i'm like what what is this even from
1: yeah that's why i go through every winter and i i try to clean it up you have
0: to otherwise you're going to be stuck what joe said he had like a couple thousand
1: yeah it's like damn i had a i had like 1400 at the end of last year i probably deleted some pretty damn good ones but i i didn't remember so
0: yeah and a lot of the times you can go back out there and kind of like the, once you get back out there it just hit you there
1: but, are a lot of spots though where i'm just like oh going bass fishing on the river Want to throw a top water? I can go here. It's just spots, and I know? have no waypoint. Yeah, but if I'm going in like Lake St. Clair or Lake Huron or Lake Erie, that's where waypoints come in a lot. Like the river, I I don't have many in the river, but I I usually just kind of look at. Like landmarks. That's what
0: I mean, dude. It's like, it's like the river Fisherman curse. Like we just, yeah, we just look at landmarks and it's like, this, it's is, like, this is
1: where we fish. You go to the blue roof, you find 30 feet of water, point your nose into the wind and start drifting.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's why it's so funny. Like, you know, we talk about overcomplicating things and it's like, for us, it's important to talk about this because we literally spend all this money on your, on your graphs or your fish finders. You spend all this money, you might as well learn how to use them. And then at the same time, it feels like we're just overcomplicating everything and trying to figure out how to reinvent the wheel. And, um, that's official duty.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Whether you're a walleye fisherman or a pan fisherman or a bass fisherman or a musky fisherman or a saltwater fisherman or whatever you do, you know, at one day, these things are really going to have you questioning your sanity. And the next day they're going to make you feel like you're king of the world.
1: Yep. Or if I'm pulling crawler harnesses, I'll, uh, And we get like two back to back or a couple, like real quick. I'll uh, I'll mark a waypoint so I know when we're coming back into it next drift. Well, yeah, and And it helps you set
0: up. And then I'm
1: like, all right, get ready. Yep. Because if we're not not catching them here, we're probably not catching them anywhere else in this drift.
0: Yeah, it's weird like that too, how there's like certain spots you'll mark them and it's like you come, you'll run this drift half mile, mile long, and they're only sitting in you know, two spots, yeah. maybe three spots. And it happens a lot, but you gotta be right. I mean that, that, like you said, that helps just being prepared and ready to go. Cause you can be on the rod or by the rod and you hopefully don't lose them over something stupid.
1: Yeah. That's what I like it for. I can kind of just look at the graph, look at everybody in the boat. I'm like, all right, stand up. I get... <laughs> get up. About, we're about to start getting some fish,
0: get up and grab the reel. We're about to start catching. And if we don't, We're going to a new spot.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: what, uh, man, that was, that wasn't bad. Is there anything else that you really want to focus on? I mean, we, we, like I said, we did the electronics episode. We're going to come back. Um, we're going to get chase in here real soon. Now that we've got the new setup going on, we're going to get Chase back in here to talk about, um, more specifics on the electronics (laughs) themselves. Some of the new upgrades and updates that have came around. Um, But as far as, you know, running your fish finder and and having confidence in running it, first thing is you got to spend time using it. You really got to figure out, you know, how to learn this thing. You're never going to mess anything up. Like there's a, there's a master reset button. So if you ever like click a wrong button or like something happens, you can always reset the graph. So play with it, figure it out, you know, learn the difference. Like we talked about between your GPS, which will guide you places um, to your charts which is essentially the GPS with the bottom, with the depth readings, uh, in a lot of spots. So learn how to use your charts, use how to, you learn how to use your 2d sonar, um, your down imaging, your side imaging, when you need to use them, when you want to use them. Um, because again, they all have different functions. I know there's so many options on them that it's over. It's almost overwhelming. So figure out which ones work for you. Um, and, and stick with those but the the better that you can learn those the more effective that you're going to be out there um the more effective that you can be breaking down water and then that just makes you a a, a better fisherman wherever you go so if you fish the saint Clair river all the time and learn how to use your graphs it's going to make it a lot easier to go out to lake saint Clair or the detroit river or saginaw bay or whatever the situation is
1: yeah and make sure you keep your graphs updated uh i don't know how you update like hummingbirds we're or gonna rances, yeah when but. chase
0: is in when chase is in here in the next uh probably within the next couple podcasts uh once he gets in here we'll talk a lot more about updating and the importance of updating because that's that's a whole nother level but essentially all your graphs have a wi-fi um and it's a quick youtube away or you can even message us or follow us or find us um and we can help you out the best we can But essentially you can, you can get downloads from the computer, download them to your phone and then download them to your app or download them to a chip and then put it into your lab or into your fish finder and download them. Um, for Garmin, it's, it's pretty easy. Uh, we can just download them. Like I said, there's a app on the phone that we download them to take them out, connect them to the graph via Wi-Fi, and then download it onto the graph and then the graph downloads it. So that's pretty easy. Hummingbird can be a little more difficult. I'm not really too familiar with Lorantz. Um, but I think going uh,
1: rant is the same as hummingbird.
0: Yeah. I think it's more like chip based where you, yeah. you download it onto a chip, put the chip in there, but that the updates will, will keep your, um, you'll know, keep your charts up to date. Um, cause the depths obviously are always changing. I mean, we're down three feet right now, just right out behind the shop. Yeah. So that, I mean, when you really think about that, you know, it's, you go out there and find 36 foot of water. Whoa. 36 doesn't exist. It's only 33. Well, we lost three foot of water last year. Yeah. um, so so try and keep to date on your updates um stay tuned with everything that's going on here guys follow us on facebook on instagram um louie tell them what they got to do with the podcast
1: like share and subscribe
0: yep we would love it if you liked um and subscribed but please keep sharing um keep growing it out there we hit four thousand downloads the other day yesterday so that was yeah, pretty sweet
1: pretty impressive
0: um Thank you guys. We can't thank you enough. And like I said, follow us on social media. Let us know what you want to hear about. Um, We're going to get out of here and take some medicine and drink some tea. And we're going to be back at it next week. Uh, We'll see you then. Tight
1: lines.